Hey, are you tired of hearing about headphones? Well, I ain't tired of talking about them. Studio, studio.com. Go on over there and get you 15% off your headphones order. You know, I, I swear by these things, man. I, I wouldn't say, you know, jive shit. Um, I got the Regents and I got the trays. I, I told you I use the trays to cut my grass. You know, I put them in when I'm weedy and everything. I can still hear the audio clear as day. You know, I, I get a little bit of lawnmower noise in the background, but I'm overpowered by the rich sounds of Drake in my feelings <laughs> off his new album. But um, yeah. And then you got the Regent headphones. That's the over the ear joints. You can get them in black or white. Then you can customize the side plates. I bet you didn't know that. You would know if you go to studio.com. But 24 hours of active battery life. That's one whole day from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep and wake up the next day. Shit's still work. So I'm telling you, man, don't cheat yourself getting you damn Beats by Dre and all the other crap. Get you some studio headphones. Go to studio.com and get you 15% off using the promo code 3R Show. That's 3R Show. Oh, and um, Hoppy's back. He got a voicemail. And um, he want to put you on game with this new project that he got coming on. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. It's Hoppy. I had a bright goddamn idea. Uh, Man, I just got a $50,000 job and I quit it. Uh, I couldn't do it. It was going to eat me alive. Uh, It was. It was going to take all my damn time. And I, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd end up a shell of a person. Don't sell out for money. I'm telling y'all. This is the second job I've had that's 50000 and above, and I quit it because it, it's going to take my focus off my dream. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. My dad thinks I'm crazy, but I hope at the end. Anyway, this is my new bright idea. Let me tell y'all who I talked to tonight. Carrie Rader. Yep. Nobody knows who that is. That's okay. Y'all remember Dennis Rader. That's BTK, one of the most infamous serial killers in American history. Uh, Dennis Rader. And anyway, uh, so I got this bright idea. What if I cast some of the adult kids of the most prolific serial killers in America? So that's that's my task I'm on right now. This will get funded, motherfucker. So uh, I'm in contact with Carrie Rader. She, her, her last name is, I think, Rawlings now. She got married. But she's got a book coming out in January, Serial Killer's Daughter. Y'all uh, check that out for referral. But uh, uh, I, I'm on a search uh, no one can find Ted Bundy's kids or Charles Manson's kids, and I'm on a goddamn quest right now. I mean, I'm a, I got some leads. I think I know who it is, and I ain't telling fucking nobody because uh, we make the right deal. We'll get them in a movie, and you know, just make the right movie. Like, don't exploit them. Don't, don't, you know, fuck their mind up or nothing like that. But put them in a movie that makes them feel proud. You know, make them a detective or something that that solves it. You know, so. uh we also look into Gary Ridgway got a son and he may be interested too. So, uh, Gary Ridgway, that, that motherfucker was fucked up. But, you know, I don't want to talk about that with them or, or make the movie about them or nothing like that at all. You know, put them in the mother front and let them be the, you know, the cop and all that. But I'm telling you, this is, if I can get BTK's daughter in this movie, oh my Jesus, uh, we're going to get funded. So, I'm gonna do it the right way. They ain't gonna fuck these people over. Uh, get them paid. You know, put them in a, a good, good role that makes them feel proud of themselves. All that. But but nobody's done this before. Nobody. And y'all heard it here first. Hoppy Rogers. We recruiting. 
serial killer's kids under the cast. We going, baby. I ain't gave up. Bitch, I'm back on motherfucking Twitter. At Hoppy says, H-O-P-P-Y-S-A-Y-S, because that's what I'm saying. So, uh, love y'all. Love you, B-Rod. Uh, hope everybody's doing good. My case, my, my racism case got dropped. Nobody wants to do it. And that's okay, because, uh, you know, uh, nobody gives a fuck when, when anybody's racist against white people. I got called racial slurs, and then the boss, uh, said all white people's lazy and all that. Here we go. You are now listening to Random Rambling with Rock. Yay! This is the anthem. You're ready for some random shit from Rob. Now everybody stand up and lift your arms. Put your hands in the sky like you're pinching stars. Go piss on Mars! What? It's so random. It's all gravy. The podcast is Rob. Yeah, go crazy. Yup. No kind of shit like that. That's what Rob says when he runs off track. Fun fact, tuck that in your brain. Fuck that nutsacks, we act insane. In the fast lane, still smooth like butter. Rob, dude, you one cool ass brother. Motherfucker. You might hear that about every other word, but who's keeping camp? The ramblings get so random, what's happening? I'm babbling. So much you can't handle me, chattering teeth. Sound like a battle axe bashing the beat. Don't laugh when I speak, cause really, we're just some idiots. I ain't talking about a little bit, I'm talking fully illiterate. Like little kids trapped in a grown man's body. Acting a fool like Lindsay Lohan party. Like it's a part of your life, we party all night Blackout, that's how we party it right Hit the Walmart cause we bored as shit Instagram and upload the video <laughs> look, at, look at Rob hanging out in the Walmart for no reason Just Instagramming, he got his phone out Walking around looking at himself like Hey look at me, I'm walking through Walmart it's so random Rob, it's so random, random But that's what we love Random ramblings with random Rob ramblings. Random ramblings random Freaking motherfucking random ramblings Random ramblings Random ramblings Random ramblings what up everybody this is your boy b rob and i'm back with another edition of the random ramblings with rob podcast first and foremost i'd like to thank you the listener for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts if you're a brand new listener if you're listening for the first time i appreciate you for taking that chance and um putting me in your ear holes or playing me through your car surround sound or maybe on your your ruku your freaking apple tv uh what else you probably have a like a mini mp3 player ipod shuffle the one that looked like a stick of gum uh what else you can play this shit on uh you can play it on your iWatch. you can play it on your samsung gear um you can probably take a potato um stab it with a toothpick connect uh electrode to the end of it and plug it in the wall and attach a speaker you could probably play it on that too i'm everywhere babies that's the point i'm making but as always we have a guest here this week he is a part of the trilogy of the rant with ant podcast on the russell attic radio network and he is also one half of the who got next podcast my guest this evening afternoon morning whenever you fuck you listen to this podcast it's Sir Philium Cataldo. How are you, sir? What up, what up? Brat, Living brat. dream, man. Yeah. Brat, brat, brat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I reached out to you, wanted to get you on the show. I thought it would only be I thought it would be cool to have you on because I've re- I already had G Rod on before. I've already had Ant on before, and y'all have the show together called The Rant with That. Yeah, y'all just came together to kick ass audio wise every week talking about professional wrestling and life and concerts and music all that shit 
and I think it's fucking cool what you're doing. And you're, you're kind of new to the fold. You hadn't always been there from the beginning of the rant with Ant, and you just kind of came in later. So uh, how do you feel about the rant with Ant? How did you come to know about it? And how did you finagle your way in there to make it a triple threat? Well, the, the crazy thing to me is like even like hearing you say and hearing other people say, um, you know, like recently, uh, like a month or two ago, we celebrated the show as a whole having its three year anniversary. Yeah. I've been a part of it for a year and A&G Rod have been a part of it for two years, all, all three years. Um, and even just hearing my name be associated with it is still kind of crazy because like I started out as just a fan. I found the podcast. I love the podcast. It was really cool. Um, I became a Patreon of podcast and, you know, I, I became friends with Ant and, you know, it's funny cause, uh, the way that I think I became really, really close friends with Ant was I went, I drove all the way to his part of New Jersey, right? Which from, I live in upstate New York. So, um, I live in the Hudson Valley. I live in a town called Beacon and, um, it's like three and a half hours from me to Ant. And I drove that amount of distance to be there when Ant met Nikki Bella for the first time. So oh, like snap. for the rest of his life, uh, when he met Nikki Bella, like I was there and I think that like kind of bonded me and Ant together. And then, um, you know, a few months later, cause that was in January, a few months later, Ant had convinced me to go to, um, WrestleMania with them. And I met G-Rod for the first time. And, you know, we like stayed in a hotel room together, which is like crazy. Like I just met these people online and now I'm like in a hotel room with them in, in another state for wrestling. Right. And it was really cool. And we became really close friends. And then, um, and G-Rod asked me to be a part of the show, which I thought was amazing, you know, and then here we are right now. Yeah. I mean, that's freaking cool. And it's just to think, man, all over professional wrestling. It's a beautiful thing, right? And if you think about it, like, um, Nick, I do a show who got next with Nick, right? Yeah. We met Nick at a Shinsuke Nakamura signing in Jersey randomly. Um, if you guys know Ant, ran with Ant, right? Um, if you guys have ever been anywhere with him, you understand that he's a talker and he will talk to anybody and everybody and get them to be a fan of not only the show, but himself. Um, Ant is like that type of guy he has that type of personality and we were talking about something wrestling related and of course nick being the type of person that we found out later that he is uh jumped right in and just joined the conversation with us and now we're like really close friends and i do a show with him yeah i mean that's cool i, I got to um meet nick and i got to meet um at in person at uh this past wrestlemania here in new orleans and it was crazy man it was just like i was there yelling because I didn't want the Undertaker to be there, and he wind up popping up. And uh, <laughs> no one wanted him to be there. <laughs> no, I did not, man. I mean, I, good, good on him for being, you know, physically able, you know, more physically able than he was the last couple rep- WrestleManias that he showed up at. Good on, good for him for that. But he need to go to fuck home, man. <laughs> he need to just yeah, and, stay there. Yeah, and stay home, right? Yes, bring, bring it back to the pipe bomb days. Need to go to fuck home, stay home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I really think about making that a segment on the show. Man, you I, should because listen, man. I love Taker. He's you know arguably the greatest pro wrestler of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it, it's kind of like sports, right? It's yeah. like I don't want to see Michael Jordan play forever, and we didn't. I don't want to see LeBron play forever. I don't want to see Jeter play forever. I don't want to see these legends that we grew up watching uh kind of deteriorate into nothing. Like I don't want to see another Brett Favre where it's just like, "Oh, you were like greatness like the last couple of years like you were terrible and it was like really hard to watch." Yeah. Um that's the thing with Undertaker. I mean, pro wrestling's no different. I mean, 
in a sense, it's entertainment so they can kind of protect them and, and kind of make them look good. But it's like, you know, even though he looked good against Cena, it was a decent match. But it's like, still, man, you're not the Undertaker that like we want to remember. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, kind of leave it to our memories at that point. All right. From when, when was it that him and um, Triple H did that last match, the Hell, the Hell in Cell they had at WrestleMania? What, what one was that? I don't remember the year, but it was WrestleMania 28. All right. Because I was there. All right. Between 28 and what shit? I would guess 30, man. 28, 29, and 30. Which one of those three moments, which one of those three WrestleManias would have been a, the highest note for him to end on? Honestly, I think it should have been 28. And I'm, you know, if you, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you understand I hate undefeated streaks. I am a Carmella fan and I am very happy that she keeps beating Asuka because I was never a fan of Asuka's undefeated streak. <laughs> so I personally um, absolutely hate when people are undefeated. I think it hurts the character and it doesn't do anything to build it. I mean, Undertaker is the greatest like ever, but so it doesn't really hurt him that much. But um, the the moment of him and Triple H and Shawn Michaels like those three guys, kind of the end of an era as they've kind of uh, named it afterwards, right? And we saw like the backstage stuff of like, uh, you know, Taker, Sean, and, and Hunter hugging after the match. Like that should have been it for all three guys. None of them should have ever wrestled again. That should have been it. I understand Triple H is like still in and out, but that should have been how it ended. Now, it, it was amazing to see him lose to Brock because it was shocking and it was like one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time. However, I think, you know, Taker, Triple H and Shawn Michaels should have had that moment together of like, this is the end of an era. Now let's let, you know, the Seth Rollins, the Roman Reigns, the Finn Balors kind of take over and take our place. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, it's just like, dog, I, I, let me tell you really, really why I want this motherfucker to go home and stay the fuck home. You know. I agree with everything you said. You know, he should have been done at 28. You know, he stuck around for 29. I think that was CM Punk, wasn't it? Yeah. And then um, he got beat by Brock. You know, I would have been fine with him just riding off into the sunset right then and there after you got the streak was over. You know, that good way to, um, you know, cap off a career. But what really fucking pissed me off, WrestleMania, what, it, 32. Him and Roman Reigns. Was that right? Am I right? Oh, is yeah. That yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was in Orlando. Yeah. This oh, no, it was 33. 33. Yeah, you know, I always get the fucking numbers wrong. That's probably why they don't number them no more. <laughs> yeah, it's too damn confusing. Right? Yeah. So this motherfucker took the hat off, took the gloves off, left that shit in the ring, walked halfway up the ramp, descended down into the stage. And, you know, whatever the fuck happened after that was done, you know. And he broke kayfabe for the first time in his whole career by kissing Michelle McCool. Yeah, he did. That was like his thank you, everybody. So long. I mean, I was, we were all crying. Everybody who was there live, we were all crying in the stands. I'm wearing uh, a Roman Reigns vest at the time because I am a Roman Reigns fan. I do like Roman Reigns. I know shocking. If you guys want to take a second to boot me, go ahead. Okay, second's over. But I was in the crowd wearing a Roman Reigns vest trying to fight people. And, you know, I'm, I'm standing there next to G-Rod and we're both in – tears just you know like i can't believe like we're getting to see this unbelievable moment right and then he comes back so it's like it was worth nothing exactly that's why i'm pissed the most that is fucking why just because of what you said i was sitting at home in my living room watching all this unfold 
I'm me and my wife been together nine years, going on ten years now. We've been together through a whole bunch of bullshit, deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan, goddamn kids being born, fucking arguments that you know couples have and all this shit. And through this whole fucking time, she never seen me emotional, you know, like boohoo cry and shit like this. But this one motherfucking moment, I'm sitting next to my <laughs> wife and I'm fucking like, it happened. He put the gloves down. Yeah, I was like, oh shit. And this is my exact words. I was sitting there next to it. I was like, oh shit. Oh fuck, man. He done. This is it, man. And then my wife was like being funny. She's like, oh, I was like, you going to cry? <laughs> and I was like, man, you've he, he, he been a part of wrestling ever since I known what wrestling was, you know? So I'm saying he's, he's like a part of our lives, you know, yeah. like if, you can imagine people who, you know, who are diehard basketball fans who grew up watching Michael Jordan when he finally retired, like what that must have been like for them. Like we all love pro wrestling so much. And is there any other there's no other character in pro wrestling history that embodies what pro wrestling is? The weird, the the funny, the the great that The Undertaker does. Yeah. And uh, in that moment, I was just like it hit me and dog a fucking single tear rolled down my eye and shit. I was like, you fucking done. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, you are really fucking crying." <laughs> I was like, "Man, this is this is just the undertaker." <laughs> and then this motherfucker had the gall, the audacity, to fucking come back. I was like, "You motherfucker, I hate and you." <laughs> if he wanted to come back, he should have came back as as biker taker yeah as, something uh, else some other iteration I or mean, just even just like himself mark Holloway, or something anything like undertaker should have been retired at 33 it was beautiful send off but i mean it's pro wrestling right if you guys remember um rick flair i was just about had, to say that the best send off of all time ever. and then he came back to wrestle and it was like oh, come on bro ever ever that uh, shit that that would have topped anything I think the Undertaker could have did. I mean, I didn't cry over Ric Flair or whatever. I cried over the Undertaker, but still, that moment with him and Sean, he, you know, I'm sorry, I love you, kicked him in the face. Dude, it was the over. best ending to a pro wrestling match ever. I don't care what anybody says. The you know, the the Kenny Omega, the Okada five, six, seven, eight star matches are unbelievable. But we're talking about just just like beautiful storytelling endings. Uh, that Shawn Michaels Ric Flair match is. The best ever, ending wise, at least. Yeah, I mean, and why are we here on the topic of professional wrestling? Because I mean, that's that's when you get people that's you know excited about the same shit that you excited about or whatever. I mean, how did you fall into professional wrestling? <laughs> well, my earliest memories. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure I liked it before this, but the earliest I can go back is WrestleMania 12, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, the Iron Man match, and mm-hmm. I knew nothing about either wrestler. Right, I was. I'm a little kid at the time. However old I am, I know I'm 30 right now. So if you, you want to do the, the mental math real quick, but um, it's like I remember cheering for Shawn Michaels because my cousin, who was a wrestling fan, loved Bret Hart, and like I was a little asshole kid, so you know I wanted to cheer for the other guy, and then he won. So I was like, oh, this guy's my favorite because he's the best, <laughs> and he won. And like Shawn Michaels has been my favorite wrestler, you know, since then. And it's crazy because WrestleMania 12 is still my favorite match of all time. Like that's. That's like on another level to me. Like, it, I, I guess it's because it has like a, that emotional tie of like really being the first memory that I have of pro wrestling. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I mean, I really did like out of all the WrestleManias that I've seen, um, 
24, 25, and 26 had to be the three best for me because, you know, we had the retirement match that we talked about, and then we had uh, Sean and Taker, one and two. So, I mean, those, yeah. are, like, I mean, I never forced wrestling on my kids or whatever, mm-hmm. but the, um, I think it was either the first or the second um, Undertaker Shawn Michaels match. I actually made my son sit down and watch that shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things, like, um, to kind of understand what the business is and, and why, you know, all of us are diehard wrestling fans. Like those two matches with Shawn Michaels and, and Undertaker back to back 25 and 26 are definitely the ones you want to show people. It's funny that you say 24 um, before like WrestleMania 33, you know, I was there live. So to me, like that's my favorite mania because also as emotional ties to it, you know, I met Gerard first time. I really got to hang out with Ant for the first time I met another comedian and met a lot of people in person for the first time but like my favorite mania like besides 33 if we get rid of that is 24 like it had it that mania was for me as an undertaker you know what i'm saying you had the the triple threat match with cena orton and triple h you had kim kardashian as the guest host like it was that mania was booked for me you had mayweather <laughs> and big show like come on man and it must be an orlando thing because 24 was in orlando as well so maybe i just loved that, that orlando setting <laughs> maybe I just remember sitting at home and being like is that fucking Kim Kardashian no way and she's hosting I was hyped bro I was a little horny little kid you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Kim Kardashian the only person I know made a freaking million dollar empire off of uh, sucking a penis <laughs> yeah dude right what a, what a come up yeah. literally <laughs> literally <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, Good times, man. Yeah. But man, I mean, shit, we can we talk about how you got into professional wrestling and anything. How how did you come across podcasts? And I'm not talking about particularly you being a host of a podcast, but like just podcasting, period. You know, I think it was actually I think the art of wrestling, the Coca Bana podcast. Yeah. I want to say that was the first one. I didn't really understand what it was, as a lot of us don't really understand what it was when we first find out about it. Um I, I'm pretty sure it was Cabana his thing because i remember he was on wwe like i had a wrestling twitter and he was promoting his stuff when uh he had left the company and i listened to it and i thought it was pretty cool and then like i kind of got away from it for a couple of years and then um you know i know he's not a name to throw around now with all the allegations but um chris hardwick's nerdist podcast mm-hmm. kind of like got me into more of like the nerd culture stuff and kind of expanded my horizons with all but now like i'd rather listen to podcasts and listen to music like it's come to that point in my exactly. life you know so like it's pretty cool to kind of see how like I've evolved as like a podcast person. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the exact same way, man. It's just like there's not a lot of music I listen to now unless, you know, it, I have a weird thing with podcasts. I can only listen to podcasts in my car, you know, okay. <laughs> it's yeah. very rarely that, you know, well, I do that or like while I'm playing Xbox or something, like if I'm playing like NBA 2K, like I don't need to hear the sound. I've heard the, the same announcer's speech a million times and <laughs> Whatever, right? At playing yeah. it for a year, you hear the same shit over and over again. So it's like for me, I could just put a podcast on. Like before we started recording, uh, like I was just listening to uh, a podcast YouTube and just like kind of like zoning out. Yeah, that's another thing too. Uh, just kind of skirt off topic a little bit. Listening to a podcast on YouTube, I mean, is is it just a straight audio or was it video as well? Well, no, it was a video because as these guys, um. They're called kind of funny. They're like a video game nerd podcast. And they're like actually my favorite thing. They, they inspire me. They're the reason why I wanted to like actually do podcasts, not just listen to them, but actually do them. 
Um, they have they do audio stuff, but they also their audio stuff is also recorded in a video. And sometimes if the topics are cool enough, I'll go and like watch their videos. I mean, it's a lot easier to listen to audio because I'm not trying to watch a YouTube video for an hour and a half. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That um kind of funny guys or whatever. Wasn't those the ones that um came up from um IGN? Yeah, yeah. The dude Greg Miller is from IGN, and then yeah. he kind of went off on his own and did kind of funny. Yeah, I remember that because I remember because I used to li- I listened to the uh, was it the um, podcast uh on no that's the Xbox play, uh podcast. They, they had the, it was called PS I Love You, and it was all about PlayStation. That was and then they had like Beyond. Yeah, Beyond. Podcast. That's the one I heard them on. Yeah. I heard them on Beyond because yeah, yeah. that was for IGN. And then mm-hmm. um, I remember listening to them all the way up until they separated with because they did a farewell episode and everything. They're awesome. It, it's it's really cool because um, their community, I mean, obviously, it's on a bigger level than the community that we're a part of. Um, but it's very similar to the point of like if, if we were out and uh, someone's wearing a Randwood Ant shirt or someone's wearing a, a, a wrestling shirt for any other podcast that we listen to. They're going to be like, oh, wow, you listen to that? Like, I listen to that, too, and, like, we'll become friends over that. Yeah. Kind of funny. It's very similar in that way to the point where I've been at Comic-Con uh, wearing a kind of funny shirt. And they're like, oh, hey, that's cool. Or, like, you know, I've been at a restaurant, and they've come up to, like, me and my friend. If he, he's wearing a kind of funny shirt, like, oh, you're, they call their fans the best friend. So it's like, oh, you're <laughs> yeah. a kind of funny best friend? And it's like, yeah, what's up, man? And, like, everybody's very polite and cool to each other. And, like, that's why I inspire – um, or aspire like what I want rant with Ant to be right and we go to these wrestling shows and people see the hat people see the logo on our shirts and stuff like that and they come up to us and they go like oh I like that podcast and it's like actually like I'm on the podcast I'm like oh my god and they ask me if I'm Ant and I go no I'm not Ant this isn't Facebook and you know <laughs> little little quick side note I know me and Ant are both white guys with beards but Facebook we're not the same person stop tagging me in all those goddamn pictures please <laughs> It's crazy, dude. Every day my Facebook blows up. It's like posting pictures with his, with his wife and stuff, and it's like, is this is you? This you? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh man, <laughs> but that's another thing too. Um, since you've been uh, involved with podcasting and everything, have you noticed that you know things that kind of have a niche? are more successful than others. So like, you know, yeah, y'all host definitely. a wrestling podcast and that's wildly popular and everything, professional wrestling. Or you mm-hmm. got the one that you were just talking about with like the PS I love you about the video games and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's a niche type of thing. And those things do hell of a lot more better than, you know, just general format conversation podcast. Well, yeah. yeah. And even, even if you dive into deeper to that and, uh, you know, I feel like the reason that our show ran with it, has, you know, is becoming more successful every day is because it's, it's not just liking something that's niche, like wrestling or, or video games or nerd culture, stuff like that. It's more of, I think that it's evolving to the point of like how you present your podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So we're ran with it. Um, we present our show as very fan friendly. You know, we are fans. We don't want to be backstage people. We don't want to, you know, yeah. kind of position ourselves as like, like, oh, we know all the rumors and the secrets. Like, we don't, right? We're, we're just like anybody else who will be listening to our show. And I think that's what people really love about it. And that's, to me, what my favorite podcasts are when, you know, even if people do have like, oh, I know this creator, like, you know, Ant's friends with Matt Riddle, but it, yeah. it doesn't change his outlook on how he talks about wrestling, right? He doesn't talk from like this higher than place. Like, he's just like any one of us. And, and, and that's, to me, my favorite part of what podcasts do is kind of stay as fans and, and don't let themselves get wrapped in the hype of like kind of being know-it-alls and stuff like that. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's just like I can talk about anything, but I'm always going to talk about it from a, a fan aspect or whatever. It's just like I don't like to deal in spoilers unless, you know, we sitting here chopping it up about a, a movie we just seen recently in the theater. Yeah, yeah. That's something different. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like to be like, oh, man, um, I heard backstage that this motherfucker did this and he jumped off the top of a scaffold and drop kicked the motherfucker <laughs> and I, he out for two weeks. You know, I, I don't know. The one thing we don't like doing is like. Hey, I know somebody that knows somebody and they said Adam Cole just signed. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that yeah. to me is like it's cool. Like, you know, we'll say it to each other, but like on a show, yeah. um, we'd rather just be like, hey, this wrestling match happened. This is my feelings on it. This is my opinion on it. Like, what is your opinion? Like, yeah. let's form a friendship based on, you know, our opinions, what we like and what we dislike. And that to me is the best approach. To any podcast, especially wrestling, because wrestling, as we saw, you know, what, as we're recording this, Extreme Rules was last night, and like we saw how toxic the wrestling community could be. So anything that we could do to kind of add a little bit of positivity in there is really the best for everybody. Yeah, because I mean, you can ask Ant Man, um, Ant Man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we were sitting next. <laughs> we were sitting next to each other at uh, WrestleMania, and me, him, and fucking uh, Cody. And goddamn Nick, and we was just all sitting there, and you know it was just that obnoxious, stereotypical TV wrestling fan, you know. Especially in particular, we talking about the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match. Yeah. Goddamn, boo! You fucking suck. Bah! Sometime I go home. All the shit yeah. that you know <laughs> the internet is just like was live and incarnate in the fucking arena right next to us, and then damn like. Roman Reigns, you suck. And then five minutes later, this motherfucker hit a Superman punch. They're like, oh, Roman Reigns is the greatest. And I was like, what the fuck is your problem? Yo, that's that's how it is, man. And, you know, it's funny. Like I said, I'm not going to like I don't want to go to SummerSlam this year. And it's honestly because I was there at Barclays Center when the whole universal title thing uh, with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins happened. And, you know, to sit there through through, through a match, that was why I went to SummerSlam. Like, I'm a big NXT guy. And like I didn't go to any takeover Brooklyn too, because I wanted to see. All right, so like for me, what sucks about it is like the uh, the crowds could ruin the event, right? So you have something like uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Now, for me, at the time that this happened, when they were fighting for the Universal Title, um, my favorite wrestler at the time was Finn Balor, and. Uh, you know, I chose, me even being the NXT guy, I chose to go to SummerSlam instead. I paid triple the price on tickets. I could have bought one NXT ticket for like a hundred something bucks. I paid $400 for two SummerSlam tickets to sit all the way up top with the asshole fans and to hear them chant about a belt the whole time and ruin the match and ruin my experience. And it's the reason why I'm not going to SummerSlam this year. So it's like, I, I just, I hate wrestling fans and I can only imagine what it was like for you guys to sit there live in that New Orleans crowd because me watching it at home, I was getting angry watching it because it was like, would you give them a shot or get up and leave? Like, listen, a couple that, at the same pay-per-view SummerSlam, right? It was Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton in the main event and I left because I don't care. Like, why can't people just do that? Why do you have to ruin it for everyone around you? I don't know, man. It's just like, alright, yeah, I paid my money to do this. I was like, you is a money, you is a financially fucking retarded motherfucker. <laughs> it's just like, all right, you want to pay money 
to go to something that you won't enjoy. I don't understand that. I don't understand it at all. It's just like but you paid money to go to a show that's like seven hours long. Like you're not gonna like everything. It's just it's the, the way of the world. Like it's just how life is. Like you pay money to go to the Super Bowl. You don't like the halftime show. Don't ruin the halftime show for someone next to you. Get up and go get a fucking beer or something. Like why do you have to ruin it for the person? Maybe there's a kid in a crowd or a per, a me in the crowd. Maybe I was in the crowd. I flew all the way from New York to New Orleans just to see Roman Reigns wrestle and you ruined it for me. But like, I let you rock for AJ and Nakamura. Everybody bitched and moaned. That's the match they wanted to see. And everybody was quiet for that match. So like, they give you guys what you want and you still kind of like bitch about it. You know, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking weird, man. I just, I just don't understand the concept. Because like, I was like anti-cheering the whole time. And it was like, Brock Lesnar, you suck. I was like, no, he doesn't. He's, yeah. actually, he's actually pretty good. <laughs> and it was like, Roman sucks. And that's what ends up happening. Or, like, there's people who get, like, like when I was in the Brooklyn crowd, people, like, fights almost happened. Because it's like, dude, we, like, I remember this one kid was like, shut the fuck up. Like, all right, you get it. You don't like the belt. Like, shut up. And, like, it almost started, like, this big fight in my section. Because it's like, you get annoyed. And you get to the point of, like, and it, like, ruins the experience for you, which isn't fun for anybody. <laughs> it was like John Cena sucks I was like no he doesn't he's like a 15 time champion yeah like no nah, he's great actually he's like the man and like you guys if he had a meet and greet right now all of you guys would stand outside to meet him so yeah I mean they had this one dude I think he was dressed like Owen Hart or some shit like that and he booed Brock Lesnar the whole fucking match the whole match and then as soon as he pinned Roman he's like yeah Brock Lesnar is the man and I, I oh no my shit God. I stood up and I yelled over and I was like you was cheer- you was booing him the whole fucking time make up your goddamn mind <laughs> I know I know it, it was it was so crazy it's like it's crazy like as wrestling fans to like see that because it really doesn't happen anywhere else at least in my opinion in any other sport or any other type of entertainment you know what I mean like you don't go yeah. to the movies and people boo the movie and at the end be like, I love that movie. That was a great movie. And it's like, you booed the whole thing. Like, what are you talking about? Like, only in wrestling do we get fans like that. Yeah, and especially if you're in a movie theater booing this shit, you're going to get your ass whipped or put out. Because yeah. that's yeah. the only place you yeah. pay money to yeah. kind of yeah. be quiet. Oh, dude. I wish wrestling was like that sometimes. And, like, I feel like that's why people like New Japan yeah. more because that crowd is just quiet until they react. Like, until they cheer. I'll go, whoa, like, that's all they do. Like, they don't boo, they don't do nothing negative. It's just, like, they're very respectful, mm-hmm. and I wish that our crowds were like that. Even when they disagree with shit, they they do it in a polite manner. I don't understand. I can't explain that. Yeah, like, they, they boo, they, and then they get quiet, because they understand that they're watching a show. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, people who watch Game of Thrones, I'm one of those people who, like, have watch parties for Game of Thrones, and, you know, it's been a beautiful show. It's probably my favorite show of all time, but there's been decisions that happen on the show that I don't agree with. Doesn't mean that every episode until it's over, I'm just gonna boo the whole episode like while my friends are watching it. Like that's like a dick move. Yeah, and I don't understand that. It's just like I don't. It goes along with what you're saying. Everything can't be the greatest thing ever, and I don't understand how people don't realize that. I mean, if everything was awesome, you know everything is cool when you're part of a team like that, like the Lego movie. <laughs> if everything was just the best as it could ever be, I mean, I mean, where would we be right now? It's just like, all right, if Broccoli was the shit, 
if damn cow flour was awesome, if goddamn sardines were amazing, I mean, what, <laughs> what, what the fuck, what kind of world would this be if everything was just fucking But the awesome? thing is, if every wrestling show was perfect, after six months, we'd have nothing left to do because all the big matches would have happened already. So it's like, and I know people a couple years ago were complaining that like, there's no big matches left. Like all the big, great, unbelievable matches have happened already. And now it's like, you're building this new crop of talent and, you know, this whole time while these big matches have the Rock and Cena type of stuff has been happening, you know, the Seth Rollins of the world haven't been made eventing. So it's like now you have all these dream matches on the card right now. And it's like you're like you're going to get them here and there, but you're not going to get them all at once. Like it's still a company, it's still a business. They can't give you everything today because then you're not going to want to come tomorrow. Like it's just a, people don't understand the business side of it. Yeah. And I'm just like. I had something that I was going to bring up, but I, for, I forgot where I was going with it because I was just, you know, hanging on to what you were saying. But it was just like, um, what what was it? Fucking. If. I don't know. It was kind of like, all right, they they did. Oh, all right. Now I got you. I know where I, where I was going. It's like that new fucking Star Wars movie. Goddamn. Yeah. The Last Jedi. Goddamn. I think thoroughly wholeheartedly some of these old motherfuckers need to go they just need to die they just they just let 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 that shit go away just like you you got all right john cena is doing it the right way i don't have a qualm with people doing it that way he went off he's doing other things he'll come back in as they need him randy orton doing the same thing going away coming back as they need him this brock lesnar motherfucker Mm -hmm. needs to just go and get Get from around here and just never come back. You know, it's just like how, so the thing is, we, he's a it wouldn't be bad if he wasn't champion. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even get the. Uh, all right, I don't know, man. It's just like the dude. Yeah, when he's there, they make money, no doubt about it. But he don't need a belt to do that. You know, you and we're, we're watching other companies like New Japan. Ring of Honor. I guess New Japan would be the only one that's really actually making money. Mm-hmm. Um, New Japan is making money, you know, all all over the world. You know, they just made money in, in San Francisco, you know, last week or two weeks ago, whatever. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? And they're not doing these crazy big matches with, like, superstars from 10 years ago. And it's like, I get it, WWE's on a different level, but it's like, Brock Lesnar, you're right. He's the biggest star in wrestling right now just because he's Brock Lesnar and he's a UFC fighter as well and stuff like that. But, like, why can't Finn Balor and Kevin Owens be fighting for the Universal title? Exactly. And then Lesnar be fighting Bobby Lashley in a regular match, which would be cool. I'd be excited for that match. It's just, and I don't hate Brock Lesnar. I just hate this thing of, like, we haven't seen him since the greatest Royal Rumble, and it's going to be SummerSlam when we see him next. And then if he doesn't lose there, is he not going to lose? I mean, and I don't know if you got a chance to watch the promo, but Paul Heyman was saying the reason why Lesnar doesn't want to defend his title is because he wants to be the UFC heavyweight champion and represent the company by holding both belts. I'll be a two-sport champion. It's like Lesnar's not cleared until January, so he's going to be the champion going into Mania? Oh, God, no. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I think that's just a talking point for his promo. I hope to God that doesn't fucking happen. Oh, man, dude, you and me both, right? It's just crazy because it creates so much animosity and it, like, it turns the crowd. And it's like, I love Roman Reigns, 
but he needs to stay away from the main event scene. I, I would send him to SmackDown. Just get him completely off of Raw just because he taints the show. Because every time he wins, the crowd's like, oh, my God, here we go again. And it, it's not fun for me to watch. Do you think that's going to happen whenever um, they do the freaking the Fox changeover? Yeah, he's going, he, him and Rousey 100% are going to Fox. There's no way they're staying on Raw. Raw is going to be the second brand when that happens. Yeah. Man, it's just crazy. It's just like there's this big log jam on Raw because of Brock Lesnar and that title. And damn, look who you have. You have fucking Braun Strowman. He was just like the hottest shit jumping out the coffee pot and got damn. Now he's just kind of walking around. Now he's just there. And it's like a couple months ago, he was like my favorite wrestler to watch. Like he was the dude was so fun all his segments were produced perfectly he's been booked perfectly and then he's never going to win because no one's beating Lesnar and the issue is all right the universal title isn't there so we'll give Seth Rollins the IC belt okay he's making it a big deal you put it on Ziggler and now Ziggler's fighting Bobby Roode and it's like are you fucking kidding me so like it went right back to the mid card and now it doesn't mean anything and now there is no main title on Raw because the main guys are just fighting each other for nothing and like we're back to that again. Mm. Did you watch the? Um, I know you brought it up, but did you watch the um, G One special? I watched the Omega Cody match because I was like trying to watch it, but like I'm still new ish to New Japan, so yeah. like there's a lot of the wrestlers that like kind of bore the shit out. Like I hate Zack Saber Junior. He bores me to death. Like he puts me to sleep. Like I know I understand he's a great wrestler whatever but like i'm an entertainment guy i like to be entertained mm -hmm. so like that's why i like cody rhodes even though he's not the best wrestler in the world he entertains me but like i watched that just for that match and that match was incredible yeah i damn with uh jack zach i was about to say jack zach saber jr uh i i appreciate his talent you know but just like you said i mean it's just like he ain't the you know my preferred pick but, like, I really dig what he do as far as his submission work. And I just kind of like a wrestler, a performer, to have, like, that rough, raw edge to him. And he kind of got that, especially when he started um, hooking up with Suzuki Gun and whatever, hanging around with yeah, Noro yeah. Suzuki. That that dude there, man. <laughs> yeah, like, but the thing with Zack Sabre is, like, you know, he has no personality. He's just a great wrestler. He's Dean Malenko. Mm. Dean Malenko probably one of the best wrestlers we'll ever see, but you'll never remember him because he was surrounded by Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, Kubitu Guerrero, all these larger-than-life characters. And then they were just, oh, he's the wrestler guy. Like, that's cool. He'll have a great match with them, with anybody. But, like, you don't remember anything he did. He he was the Iceman. Why was, was he the Iceman? I don't know. I don't remember. You know what I'm saying? It's like stuff like that. That's what Zack Sabre Jr. is to me. Yeah. Now... From what I've seen of New Japan, I've been watching it since uh, I think Russell. What what Russell Kingdom they on now? Twelve? Uh, they just had. Yeah, I think it was twelve. Right? Yeah, 13, 14, no. Twelve. <laughs> I think it's twelve. <laughs> I've I've been watching New Japan off and on since Russell Kingdom nine, and mm -hmm. um, I've been trying to watch it more frequently now since I have a New Japan World, which was a smart move on their end to get the English commentary and the English uh, freaking uh, website and whatnot so you can uh, navigate through it. Because mm -hmm. I think New Japan World has been there for a while. I know it's just picking up steam and traction, 
but it was just all Japanese and it was hard to, you know, navigate through that shit. I can remember going through uh, Twitter and um, some of the bigger fans of the New Japan Pro Wrestling, they was posting how-to guides, how to order that shit in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Do you imagine that? It's like, it's like a process. I'd be scared to do it because then when, like, what's the process to cancel your card then? Are you just stuck with it? Is it like a gym payment? Like, you just pay for it for like five years, but you only go like once? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then it's, it's, I kind of find myself doing that sometimes. It's just like... um the bigger events like Dominion just came and passed or whatever. I didn't stay my ass up or wake up to watch that shit early in the morning. I just love to have the convenience now to where, you know, whenever I do get up, I can just hit the app. Boom. There it is. I'm watching it. Don't- I like to wake up and be like, okay, my New Japan wrestling fans, my friends, I mean, what matches you should watch? Watch this, this, and this. Everything else you can skip. Cool. It makes it so much easier. It's not a six-hour show. I just get in and I get out. Yeah. Uh, who are you impressed with so far since you've been watching? Hey, I know you're enjoying this episode with the young man, Sir Philium, but um, I want to remind you that if you go to studio.com that you can get 15% off your headphone order. I know you heard me go through the long, drawn-out spiel at the beginning of the episode, but I just want to remind you because, I mean, you're probably listening to this podcast on some inferior headphones right now. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to hear all the tones and rich sounds of my voice and everything like you're hearing right now. So go to studio.com and get 15% off your order by using the promo code 3RSHOW. Well, Kenny Omega is like probably my second favorite wrestler in the world right now. Mm-hmm. I think that he's unbelievable. He's, he's made me a fan. I hated him at first. Like, yeah, and it wasn't even because he was a bad like I thought he was a bad wrestler because he obviously isn't. I didn't. Get it was it. just I didn't get it. Like I didn't get why people liked him so much. You know, in a world where AJ Styles existed in WWE, I didn't get why everybody was in love with this guy in another company. And um, you know, he was like a douchebag on Twitter because like he's in character on Twitter. Yeah, he's not himself. So it's like I didn't understand it, and I didn't get it at first. But like after seeing his matches with Okada and seeing his match with Jericho. And his match with Cody, the one that just passed, and just all his matches in general that he's had over like that what two year run. Yeah, it's like the dude's the man. Like you, you can't deny that he's the man. If you have the ability to go back and watch it, I think the what turned it for me is um I know he uh, cultivated his uh cleaner character out there, but what really turned Kenny Omega around for me, like the one match I can physically point to it. You know, well, actually, I physically can't point to it because it's on the app and I don't have the app open <laughs> right now. But you get what the fuck I'm saying. Um, it was him versus Kushida. Okay. That's the, is Kushida like the Back to the Future guy? Yeah, him. Yeah, it was him. Okay, okay. It was him versus Kushida. They had a match. Kushida was working the arm for the hoverboard lock and he sold that arm masterfully. He even, he won the match. But he did the one wing angel with one arm. Like he set up the whole move with one arm. He didn't, you know, he it was just fucking amazing because he sold the arm like the motherfucker didn't work. Like it wasn't there. That's what I'm saying. He's a master at that shit. Like it, it's so crazy. And like, I don't know if you watch uh, Being the Elite on YouTube. Oh, I do. I just but, watched um, the newest episode today. <laughs> well, it's like it's like the last one. Uh, the one, not this one, but the one before that where 
Omega was talking to Young Bucks, and he was like, I figured out how to have a great match. Psychology. And he held up the book, and it was like, like psychological or whatever. That's psychology 101 or whatever. I thought that shit was so funny. Yeah, he's like, just get to the five star, the five and a half star, the six star, the seven star. <laughs> and the Bucks are like, the highest he's ever gotten is 4.5. And Kenny's like, ugh, 4.5. <laughs> oh, dude. But see, like, that's where, like, I've grown to love him because, like, I I heard him on Jericho's podcast yeah. and he, like, explained it. And I was like, oh, I get it. It's like, he's being his character. Like, he's not really like that. I thought he was, like, that arrogant. Yeah, is and it's just like even from that match that I just told you about with him and Kushida, watching him in his role all the way up into what we currently have now, the IWDB, IWGP Heavyweight Champion, I've watched that character evolve. He's not so much that arrogant asshole anymore. It's just like more, he's more fan serving now, and it's just like more of I'm here to entertain. This is my show. This is what I do. I put on the best bouts. I am the best bout machine. Exactly, dude. And it's like, he is his nickname. And, you know, of course, I'd love to see him in WWE, but I, I'd like to actually see him in WWE only for like a year or two. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want him to stay here long. I want him to come wrestle all these dream matches and then leave and then go back to New Japan or back to wherever and continue doing the great things he's doing there because, you know, it, it's great that the best wrestler in the world doesn't work for WWE so other companies have a chance to grow. I mean, yeah. who knows what this all-in stuff to be in 10 years, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know that they're already looking to plan their second show, so it's like maybe this be, maybe Ring of Honor morphs into all-in. Maybe it becomes one thing and that company's able to blow up even more. Maybe. Now, do you, let, let's just see if we're on the same page. I, I, I've heard a lot of other people say this, and I kind of tend to agree, but WWE is where you go to finish a career. I mean, if you could start yeah, one there, oh, and if you could start one there and just, you know, maintain a foothold there, that's awesome. But primarily, if you a journeyman, if you're going to go from company to company to company to company to company, I think WWE is your way you end it. Oh, it's 100% true, right? I, I, Kenny Omega, when you, in the Young Bucks, like, I, the Young Bucks will be in WWE one day. Like, I can almost guarantee it, right? But it'll be at the end of their career, when they're when they're like a year or two out, and they kind of just want to end making as much money as possible, doing the, the biggest stuff as possible, like all in a row. You look at someone like Tessa Blanchard, who's 22, 23 years old, and you would think, why the hell wouldn't she sign with WWE? She's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I met her at a meet and greet once, and she was telling me how like Triple H and Shawn Michaels like love her, and like they're dying to have her work there and stuff like that. And it's like, why wouldn't she go there, right? She's Tully Blanchard's daughter. Like, she's going to be taken care of. You know what I'm saying? In WWE, there's no way she isn't. Um, Arn Anderson still works there. You know what I'm saying? Like, she'll yeah. be fine. But it's like, she wants to create this legacy, like, and it's not to be corny, but, like, that's undeniable. Like, you, when she comes to WWE, she wants to be like AJ Styles was, which is like, I'm on the main roster. You know who I am. Yeah. And I'm a big deal right away. And it's like, you have to, like, you have to, like, that's the coolest thing in the world to me. Like, she should be here, but she's not. She's Like you said, she's going to go on this journey of being an impact, being here, being there, winning all these titles, and then eventually coming to WWE. She'll have her matches with Charlotte. She'll do big things there, and then she'll retire. Yeah. Now, um, and it'll, it'll be great. With the landscape of professional wrestling as is, I mean, there's plenty of places people to work, for, for people to work. If you, um, right now in this climate, you know, just say you were a freaking 18, 19 year old right now in this moment and 
as the landscape is right now, what would be your, you know, path of choice to um, pursue a professional wrestling career? Like, where would you start? Where would you want to go? And where would you want to end up? So obviously, I'd always want to end up in WWE. You want to end up in the biggest company possible, right? Mm-hmm. But honestly, I'd love to. St- I'd love to start in Japan and learn that that style of wrestling and really become a, a great technical wrestler. But I'd really love to be in Lucha Underground because I think that in order to be successful in wrestling, um, you have to be a good character and you have to understand character work. And mm-hmm. Lucha Underground is all character work. Yes, right. So it's like. That's the best place to go. Um, Impact is cool. Impact for like, I want to go to WWE, but like they kind of don't want me right now. So I'm going to learn how to perform on TV on a weekly show. On mm-hmm. You know, it's tape, but like I'll learn how to perform promos to camera and stuff like that. Like, I use Tessa Blanchard as a perfect example, right? She struggles cutting promos and she struggles wrestling to camera. Like she's amazing on the indies, right? But when she has to wrestle the camera, I feel like she forgets sometimes where she is in the ring. So it's like, as a wrestler, I'd go only go to Impact if like that's what I was struggling with. But dude, Lucha w- looks like so much fun. Yeah, it does. It's just like it's a TV show that just so happens to have wrestling on it. <laughs> yeah, and they have all these crazy like weird storylines, and like they really push the acting portion of it. And like when you're in WWE. You're acting as your character, so it's like, why not be in Lucha and completely just go into acting 100%? Like, I think that's why, like, someone like a Ricochet is doing really well in NXT. Yeah. Because when he was Prince Puma and Lucha, they had him do some crazy shit. Like, his storyline, I mean, I don't even remember if he really talked, but the still point is he had to, like, act with his body and do all that stuff, like, in Lucha, and he had to act alongside Conan and stuff yeah. like that. So, like, I feel like he was better. He was ready for NXT a lot better than he would have been if he just came from Japan. Yeah, he. I think he talked. It's like he didn't talk to. I think season three, you know, and it's just like it was a big build up to it because I can remember them doing segments to where you know somebody would ask him something and he would open his mouth to talk and somebody would cut him off. You know. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'm gonna go back and watch all of it. Like you know, I know me and Aunt. Uh, when we hung out like a while, like maybe a year ago, we kind of hung out at his house and we watched just the ultimate, the ultimate lucha, or whatever. Yeah. Like we just watched those, and those were like amazing. So I'd love to go back and kind of watch it week from week. Yeah, I watched all of season one. I've watched all of season two thanks to Netflix. I know they're on season mm-hmm. four right now. I'm currently DVRing it. I'm I'm not watching it yet. Because I missed out on season three. I think I watched the first three episodes and I was just waiting for it to pop up on Netflix. It hadn't popped up yet. So I don't want to dive into season four and uh, miss season three. Because, like, legit, Lucha Underground is not like any other wrestling show. Any other wrestling show you can just pop in on and be like, all right, this is what I missed. You know, now you up to date. In one or yep. two sittings, you know, you good. After watching yep. one or two episodes, you know who the people are, you know who the champ uh-huh. is, you know why they fighting and all that shit. Within two episodes, you tune in to Lucha Underground, you like, what the fuck is this? It's like you miss all yeah. six, like, wait, first six seasons the of the Game of Thrones. Dark? Like, why are they making this a big deal? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you can't just jump in the Game of Thrones on season three and don't look at the first <laughs> two seasons and... <laughs> That's yo, know, it, it's a hundred percent true though. It's like, like I'll like I'll see a clip from season four, and it's like Eva Lee is fighting George Ryan, and he's like 
the Joey Ryan that we know. Yeah. But like, I thought he was a cop on Lucha Underground. Like, wait, how the hell did he become the sleazeball Joey Ryan? It's like, hold on a second, dude. I'm so lost. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know who the champion is. I don't know where, uh, what's his name went, the owner. Like, what yeah, the hell's Dario going Quinto. on? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I have no clue. Because, like, I even had Marty DeMoth on the fucking show, though. And um, uh-huh. it was during season three. It was, like, toward the end of season three or whatever. They was just wrapping up to, um, for Ultima Lucha Dos. And I had him on the show and he was asking me about it. And I, I told him, I was like, man, I haven't caught up yet. He's like, oh, because <laughs> um, there's a lot of wrestling out there, bro. It's so hard to keep up. Like you're going to miss something. And and like with him, when he was on the show, I kissed his ass massively because like in season one, I was like, the fuck is a Marty the Moth? You know, I was like, this is like, the, I told him straight up, I was like, dog, you was like the lamest character on the motherfucking roster. And, you know, as the season progressed, I mean, I think out of all the characters on Lucha Underground, that was the one that showed a lot of true progression because other ones were and Pentagon and, um, you know, other ones was like, all right, there was part of this story arc or whatever, you know, they would kind of pop in and out. Cause I mean, what you notice about Lucha Underground, they have main characters, then they have other wrestlers from other promotions that'll kind of pop in and pop out. But mm-hmm. Marty DeMoff was there from season one. He's still there currently in season four and his character has changed dramatically from this goofy goober that was wearing a motherfucking, I think a sweater around his neck and shit to the psychopath. <laughs> stabbing motherfuckers in the head with a fork in season three <laughs> and to what he is now in season four you know yeah but hey man not not just professional wrestling and everything I, I, I've just uh, recently stumbled on to your um, I guess you have a, a fan account on Instagram whatever aside from oh, yeah. your, um, your personal account yeah yeah so um, you know there. so I used to do the show with my best friend Ray called Comically Nerdy and um what it basically was, was like me trying to kind of recreate what the kind of funny guys do with video games, but using more on like nerd culture, you know, superhero movies, anime, stuff like that. Right. Um, and, you know, Ray moved to South Carolina and I was working at FedEx at the time. So like it was like borderline impossible to do a show because we were always busy. Um, I've been wanting to do some type of nerd show. But I didn't want it to make it a podcast because there's a million nerd podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw IGTV just launched. So, um, you know what I'm saying? Like that, like, I was like, ooh, that's just an opportunity. I mean, it might be nothing, but it might become Vine. You know, and Vine, like, was a massive success before it, yeah. you know, it went away. And we all miss Vine. Vine was the best. So it's like, um, so what I'm doing is, it's a show called Fanboy Fillium. Um, and basically it's going to be a five to 10 minute video on IGTV and it's just going to be me talking about nerd stuff. It'll be what comedy nerdy was just, you know, just me and five to 10 minutes video just talking about it. Um, the first episode is going to be about Overwatch League finals in Barclays Center, which is, uh, uh, in the tweets, I think it's on the 28th. And, uh, the first episode is going to be July 29th and it's going to be something cool, something fun to do. And, uh, I really wanted to learn how to edit videos more because, you know, I, I said it on the Who Got Next podcast last week that everything that I do, whether it be a part of Rant with Ant or like as a side project, it is all meant to benefit what we do over at Rant with Ant, right? Yeah. Whether it's learning how to make business cards, learning how to edit audio, learning how to edit videos, it's all meant to kind of build the brand because we are 
a brand. We always say be the brand, right? Yes. Um, I'm really excited for the fanboy show. I have a lot of opinions about everything. I just saw Ant Man and the Wasp, and I absolutely hated it. So it's like, um, yeah, I didn't like it at all. I did. I almost walked out. Like it was like I just did not like it. Well, well, hold up, 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 hold up. We gonna pull it back a little bit. We, we, I'm gonna let you finish, but we need to uh, come back to this Ant Man and the Wasp because I've just seen it as well, and I, I'll agree with you to an extent. I, I can say that it's not one of the better Marvel movies. But I, I feel it served a role. I just want to get your thoughts on it. Why did you think it sucked? Why did you almost walk out on this movie? First of all, the Luis character, and now for people who don't know the name, it's the Mexican character in the movie. Yeah. was terrible. He wasn't funny in the first one. So, and like when Marvel does anything, if something works in the first one, a lot of people liked him in the first one. So we got more of him in the second one, which, oh my God, I did not want that. Um, <laughs> I love Paul Rudd as an actor. I think he's a great actor. He's not a leading man. Um, and I need more seriousness like from time to time. In the first Ant-Man movie, we got a lot more serious scenes with his daughter and we got to feel the weight of decisions. So when he almost lost, you were like, oh man, like his daughter's not going to have him. And this movie, it was too jokey and it moved too fast. Like in the beginning of the movie, they don't like uh, Hank Pym and Janet don't like him. And then they do like him, and then they do like or hope I should not get it. Hope does like him, and it's like, but then they do like him, and then they don't, and then they do, and it's like my fiance sitting next to me, and she asked me a question like, "Wait, why does this happen?" And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm so like overwhelmed with all this information we're getting, and then you have like Ghost was a cool character, mm-hmm. but like I was cheering for her, like you know what I'm saying? I understand she's like the anti-hero, anti-villain type of thing, but like I wanted her to win because she had a point. I don't know, maybe that says something about me, yeah. but it's like she was dying. Like she, yeah. So we helped fix it. No. And like just like the first one, the action scenes were amazing, like go big to small and all that shit was cool as hell, but like I didn't care about the characters. Yeah. Now um I, I talked about this with um Ben over on the uh Blockbuster Mentality podcast and uh we talked about this movie and I was just like this was just filler between now and the next Infinity War or whatever uh, Avengers movies. Well, they did something in this movie. I don't know if you noticed it, but there was a specific scene in this a line in this movie that I was like, "That is." Oh, well, hold on, you you kind of broke up. Oh, do you remember the one scene? Like they say, like this one line in the movie that I was like, "Oh, that's it right there. That's why this movie exists." Go ahead. Dispel. So it was when Michelle Pfeiffer's character comes out the, the quantum world yeah. and the realm. And she says, when Ant-Man's about to go back in, she goes, be careful because time works differently there. Um, uh, and like, don't get stuck in a time thing or whatever. And you're like, oh, so they're going to be messing with time in the next Avengers because like, Ant-Man's in the next Avengers movie. We know yes. that there's mm-hmm. set photos out there. You see him with Captain America. So it's like, he clearly gets rescued out of the quantum realm. So it's like, are they going to be messing with time travel in the next movie? Is, is that how they bring all these heroes back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That- so like, I think that the only reason they even had this movie was to introduce the quantum realm to us to understand that they can mess with time. Yeah, see, and that's exactly what I brought up to Ben when we had this discussion on Ant-Man. Every Marvel movie leaving, leaving, <laughs> leading 
up to Infinity War and even setting up for the next Avengers movie. All these movies had an element or some aspect of it to where it was prepping for the big final encounter and everything. It was just puzzle pieces and everything. So, all right, we had freaking Captain America that's like history and shit. He's the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. We had goddamn um, the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy, which instru- introduced us to the space aspect mm-hmm. of the Marvel Universe. You know, just, just yep. something we hadn't seen. Then we had Thor with like the um, Greek mythology and all this other magical bullshit. And then now mm-hmm. we got actual science being applied with the quantum physics and all this stuff. I mean, all these little different elements that were just added together to further along the plot and everything. And I agree that this is all this was. It was just like, hey, we need to make this movie so we can introduce the quantum realm or this technology for the next thing. So I'm interested to see what Captain Marvel has in store for the rest of us. I'm I'm really interested to see that as well. Um, I think that it'll be really cool because, like, I grew up in the '90s. Like, I associate myself with the '90s. Like, yeah. that's when you know that's what I remember growing up. So it's like the fact that Captain Marvel is taking place in the '90s. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm a little nervous because it's the first movie that Brie Larson is doing. And Brie Larson is a great actress. I mean, she won an Academy Award. Uh, I loved her in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World as Envy uh, Adams. That's yeah. how I will always remember her as. But, uh, like, I don't know. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be cool. I'm, I just, they need to stop fucking around and tell us what the next, the name of the next movie is because I need to know because I'm like panicking. <laughs> <laughs> and see, and I'm, I'm the complete opposite, man. The less I know, the, you know, the more excited I get because I like, I've said it many times. I mean, I don't look for spoilers. I don't look for the set photos unless it's overwhelmingly you know, being put out there on Twitter or whatever when I'm scrolling through my time. Yeah, yeah. But like, I want to go into every movie with a fresh mind, no knowledge of nothing. I mean, because I'm pretty much a blank slate anyway, because I don't, I never read the comic books and I don't mm-hmm. really know these characters outside of the movie franchises. So, I mean, all this is brand new and cool to me, you know, and I think it just heightens it up a little more when I don't look into the spoilers or read behind the scenes shit or none of that junk. Well, that that's the best way to do it, right? And, and like, I didn't grow up reading comics, but um, after, like, they started to take off Iron Man and all that stuff, like, I did dive into the comics, so, like, I know a lot of the storylines that they're doing, mm-hmm. but, like, they're doing it in such an original way, like, they're kind of changing pieces here and there. Yeah. Like, for example, Captain Marvel is going to be the strongest hero in, of all of them, Yeah. and in the comic book, it's this guy named Adam Warlock, so it's like, mm-hmm. they're kind of moving stuff around which I think is pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool, especially like in this era that we're living in now that they're going to make a woman that's the strongest character in the Marvel yeah. universe. I think that's really cool and different. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, I like to know like a little bit like the behind the scenes stuff. Like I don't want to know the plot. I don't want to know the spoilers, but like if there's a set photo, I want to look at the set photo. I want to see the outfit. That. What does it look like? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm like, but like that's just me. Like if, if I see a photo on Instagram, I'm gonna click it. I like it, I'm not moving past it. Mm-hmm. Now, kind of to what your point you just bringing up, there. You know, they're going with a woman, making her one of the strongest characters in um, the cinematic universe or whatnot. Do you think? I mean, it just popped into my mind. Do you think this is their answer to Wonder Woman? Because Wonder Woman is yeah. a fucking success, and that was a fucking awesome ass movie. That was amazing. It was it was such a great superhero movie 
Um, and it's like, I think it is their answer to it. I think that um, they wanted to wait until the right character came along in order to use it. And I think Captain Marvel is a perfect character for that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see their take on the movie because we saw how DC took it, right? And then they were successful, which is crazy because all their movies kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Wonder Woman kind of stands alone as like this great movie they yes. made. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see if Wonder Woman even uh like if, if that affects how they create captain marvel or if it's something completely brand new and different that we've never seen before yeah and now um what you brought him up adam warlock we got a tease on that in um, guardians of the galaxy it was a post-credit scene or whatever do you think he yep. have any play or factor in any of these movies moving forward well from what kevin feige said so kevin feige is like the vincent man of the marvel <laughs> yeah. universe that's the best way to describe it right um he said in an interview, I mean, he could be lying, but he said in an interview that Adam Warlock has no, like, he's not going to be in these Avenger movies because he won't be introduced into Guardians 3, which takes place after, after. the next Avengers movie. So, See, And that's cool because, I mean, you know, he could have some significant play in these Marvel movies now in this phase of the um, universe. But, I mean, exclusively, it's a freaking Guardians of the Galaxy thing. You know, well, like what's cool though is like, um, from what people what they're saying, like the rumors going out there is that once the next Avengers is done, regardless of the outcome, who lives, who dies, whatever, um, the main Avengers are done. Like the, those actors, their contracts are up, yeah, yeah, and they're not coming back. So they want like Tom Holland, Spider Man, to kind of be the the Iron Man of the next wave of heroes. So yeah. we're gonna start to get more diverse heroes younger heroes so they can build them up the same way they built the original Avengers up, which I think is amazing. Yeah. And, and I, and I seen it coming, man. It's just like, they took all these different characters, you know, they went out on a limb and, you know, they worked out a deal to where they got the Spider-Man back and they got a young guy or whatever. Then, you know, they went, you know, where I never thought I would see, you know, on a screen, motherfucking black Panther. So, and, and and it was an unbelievable success. Yeah. And, and like to that, I mean, I've spoke about it many times or whatever. I think, you know, how you're saying these guys and gals that have been playing these characters for the past 10, almost 11 years when the new Avengers come out, damn, they need to rest. They want, they're probably tired of playing the roles and, you know, it's time for well, them to uh, move on. Chris Evans, his contract was up like a while ago. He just keeps signing extensions yeah. because he wants to. Because they Finish said that it. whatever story they started telling in Iron Man 1 ends in the next Avengers movie. That That's the, the script that they wrote, and it's been planned over all these years. Yeah. So Chris Evans wants to see it to the end. But once it's over, he's done. He wants to go into directing. He wants to retire from acting. He wants to take time off, right? Cause, yeah. I mean, it must suck to literally have to like stay in that Captain America shape. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's a testament to his dedication to the film franchise and everything and and i understand that just wanting to move on because i mean you've been locked in with this whole thing for so long and you know i would kind of be the same way if i've been doing something and it's not done to completion i would kind of be upset about it you know because like like, you want to see it through let's just say all right 10 movies i'm just using the number 10 movies this whole thing is gonna play out in 10 movies and damn they cut me loose at five i would be pissed about that shit or i, I walked away <laughs> at five you know i'll be like 
you know? Yeah, like, yo, can, can I do, like, a cameo? Can, like, we do, like, a flashback or something? I'm in 10. Like, just put me in the movie anyway. Put yeah. my picture on the wall. Give me something. Yeah, because, I mean, these characters, freaking Iron Man, Captain America, all those guys are the Marvel franchise. And, like, um, what I was saying you know, if Robert Downey Jr. stepped down or whatever, I know they're probably going to get rid of him. We thought he was going to go away in Infinity War, but that's why they introduced Black Panther because he can take up the slack of Tony Stark as far as technologically and financially. He could. Well, in the comic book, uh, Iron Man, at this point, if, if I remember correctly, um, or at least in one of the versions, Iron Man steps down and he gives his suit to a young girl Named Riri, Riri Williams. Yeah. And she's like a black girl with like a big ass afro. And she's kind of uh, seen as the new smartest character in the entire Marvel universe. So I personally hope they go that route. I know there's rumors of them doing a, uh, a Miss Marvel character, which we remember from us growing up, Miss Marvel was like a white woman with blonde hair. Yeah. But like in the newer comics, she's an Indian girl, like a younger Indian girl. She has like stretch powers and stuff like that. So, like, there's rumors of them doing a movie with her, which I think would be amazing. Yeah. Now, um, I don't I haven't been keeping track with it since the last episode that I had. But me and this guy had this conversation about um, the Disney and Fox merger or whatever. I don't know where if it's concluded or not. I know. It still hasn't. Yeah, it still hasn't happened yet. I think um, what see what happened was, from what I understand, the deal was done. And yeah. then Comcast came out of nowhere and was like, we'll give you more money. And yeah. it was like, wait, what? Yeah. Disney's offering a crazy amount of money and Comcast either equaled it or offered like a very little bit more. So I think that kind of put the deal on hold. And I think that a lot of people are realizing that um, the reason why Disney wants to buy Fox isn't even because of the rights to like X-Men and stuff like no, that. No, no, no. Of course it's not. It, it's because of Hulu. If Disney buys Fox, they have controlling interest in Hulu. And what a lot of people think is the Disney streaming service that's about yeah. to come out soon that they're planning is going to be Hulu. Like they're going to turn Hulu into that because yeah, it Disney has the infrastructure already. Netflix. Yeah. It has the infrastructure already. Yeah. So like, I think that's, that's one of the big things that people are like, Oh, wait a minute. Disney could take over Hulu and get rid of everything that people love about Hulu. Cause I know a lot of people are fans of Hulu. Yeah. Um, and like, they're trying to go after Netflix which is crazy to think about, mm-hmm. but it's a huge possibility. Yeah, and it's just like um, also there's big distributing rights involved in that deal as well. So, I mean, they'll have even more reach if they get a hold of Yeah, I know. Fox I read stuff. that um, like a lot of movie studios are signing with Disney to like be exclusively on their platform where as if a movie's in a theater and then it becomes available on streaming services, like it'll never be available on Netflix or not available for like a long time. Like, it'll be on Disney first. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as entertainment go, Disney is like the Walmart of the movie world and just entertainment. Well, it's like, do you ever see the movie WALL-E? Yeah. You know how it's like everything was by and large? Like, that's what Disney's becoming. Yeah. And just just imagine if Disney bought Walmart or Walmart bought Disney. Oh, my God. Dude. What would you do? I would, what would you do? How would you survive? I would die. <laughs> I would fucking I'd be like, Walmart? Disney? Oh. <laughs> You'd make a video walking into Target and just crying like, this is not where I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be standing in the electronic sections of Target because, I mean, I think that's the only worthwhile place in, inside of a Target. 
Oh man, that that's just even crazy to think about. And then Amazon been buying up some shit. I didn't know um Amazon owned IMDb now. Amazon is trying to put everyone out of business. Yes. <laughs> just, they are going for everyone's throat. Like I said, I worked for I used to work for FedEx and even a year ago when I was there, um, like we we would have meetings and they would say, like, listen, in a couple of years FedEx, uh, Amazon is going to try to like put FedEx out of business because, um, like Amazon is building warehouses and they're starting to buy routes and trucks and stuff like that. Yep. So they can do seven day a week shipping. Yep. They already. And it's got, like, they, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they already got damn. They already damn near there because, like, I know here in Houston, they have Amazon uh, with is Prime now to where I can order some shit and it can be to my house in two hours. Oh my god! <laughs> and then um, a big thing with the um, Toys R Us closure or whatever um, is word on the street that um, Amazon was looking to acquire all them spaces to make Amazon stores. Oh my god! So like that's incredible to me. Like you know, like can you imagine a world where like there's an Amazon store? Like you walk into Amazon, like that's weird to me. Yeah, it's like um, what was that movie, Forty Year Old Virgin, where they had like the eBay store. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What Steve Carell's like, wait, what? Was like, oh no, you can't buy that thing here. You have to buy it on the app. So it's like, and then Jonah Hill was like, I just want these shoes. I, mean, I just want to go home and wear these shoes. Yeah, they're like right here. I mean, I'm just gonna leave the money and I'm just gonna take these home. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I sort of got up Amazon stores like that. I'm gonna be so pissed off. Like you have to like go on the app on your phone. Like it'll be at your house in two hours. Like I can literally just take it right now. Yeah. Well, now from what I've read. Like these stores that they envision of um, building these Amazon stores is like, I can walk inside an Amazon store, and um, it'll already have my information. I can just pull what I want off the shelf and just walk out the fucking store with it, and it'll build my account. There's no checkout lines or nothing. I just go in there and get what the fuck get I want. The and leave. Fuck out. How would they do that without people stealing it? Yeah, it's it's crazy, right? Unless well, I mean, I, listen, who would have thought FaceTime, right? And we have FaceTime, so it's like. It's possible. Yeah. I, I, anytime, any, anytime somebody says um, anything's possible, I automatically think about that Kevin Garnett gif. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> anything's possible. Streaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, 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 I read a little clip of an article or whatever, and it's just like you would go in there. I don't I don't know if it's just like, all right, I opened up my app. Um, I purchased the thing. And I was like, oh, there's an Amazon store nearby. I can just walk in that bitch and go get it and walk out, you know? It's just crazy. What what a world that would be, right? I know. And I mean, because the Amazon, the Prime Now thing blew my fucking mind, dog. Like, I was putting together this laptop that we're speaking on right now, the hard drive fried on it. And I was getting all the little components. I went to Walmart, and I got my screwdriver set and all this other shit. And I was like, fuck, man, I need a hard drive. So I got on there. I seen the app. And it's like, you can have this in two hours. And I was like, what? Pressed it. And the motherfucker showing up, rolled up to my house in less than two hours. I got to track it all the way on the app, all the way to my front door. Motherfucker. Yeah, I want some shit like that, man. I still have just two days, you know? Like, you're, you're big time over there in Texas, bro. You got two hours. Yeah. And he, the motherfucker just came to the front door and dropped it off. He was like, here's your hard drive. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and that's just crazy, man. And even, I mean, we so fucking spoiled, man. Even the two day shit is just like, uh, I want it now. <laughs> 
It's like there are all those memes out there where it's like the person sitting in front of the door. It's like when you just order a package on Amazon, you sit directly in front of your door. Yeah. And shit, they got some of them now to where like it depends on what time of the day you order it. You can get it in one day. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've gotten packages in one day before. I'm like, how the hell? This isn't supposed to come to tomorrow. And it came today. Holy shit. Yeah. Because I mean, I think not even la- yeah, last year, they opened up an Amazon factory here in Houston. Oh, okay, okay. There's so, one in Jersey, so there's one fairly close to me. Yeah, so I mean, and then um, there was, I don't think they inked the deal or whatever, but they was talking about moving to Amazon headquarters here to Houston, and I was just like, dog. Oh, shit. I was like, motherfucker, dog. I would just, uh, I would order shit every five minutes, just because. I would go Dude, I would go work there. I'd be like, okay, I just work here? I'm like, yeah. it's just easier, bro. I just take it out my check. <laughs> yeah, it'd just, be, <laughs> just be like, you being there in the factory working and shit. Then you order some stuff on your phone and you just watch it roll by you on the conveyor belt. It's like, hey, that's my shit. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, can you imagine, like, working there and you're like, I'll go in the wrestling figure aisle and it's every wrestling figure that, like, ever existed and it's just in the aisle. And you're like, I can just take this right now. Like, this figure that on Amazon is, like, $150 and in reality it should only be, like, 10 bucks. Yeah. You're like, it's literally standing right in front of me. Like, holy shit. I mean, I didn't even think to ask my wife because um, she did work at the factory here for a brief uh, moment in time and I was just like what I mean she wasn't there long enough to even you know ask her none of this shit I was just like man you're in there you're in the warehouse you're doing this shit I was just like what if you just wanted something could you just like get it and pay for it in there or something I probably couldn't but yeah. I mean just like how you said it's, that, it's like, right what there what does it look like does it look like Ikea is it like this? it's couches the next aisle is food the next aisle is like toys it's like how does the warehouse even look i know it's a big some bitch though man because i had to drop off to work one time and that that bitch is huge it's like yeah. bigger than a football stadium it's like look like oh my god the cowboy sense. stadium oh man except that people actually win there oh oh i like i'm sorry i like what sorry, you did there that, that was awesome <laughs> I, like, I, I fucking hate dallas <laughs> oh man well shit um Fuck, I forgot what I was about to say. Um what's next for you, man? Like what what where um, do you envision you with within this brand of Rant with Ant or Russell Attic Radio, the freaking Who Got Next, you Euphilium fan pod. I mean where where you want to go next? Well, so for me the ultimate goal is always getting paid off this. Yeah. Um I'll bring them up again, the kind of funny guys. You know, that's their career. Uh they make all their money based off uh, Patreon and Twitch and YouTube and like sponsors and stuff like that. And they're able to fully, uh, so like fully hire full time seven people. So, um, it's not in the realm of craziness to think that, you know, me and Girod and Nick can make this a career, right? Um, I'd love for us to be a professional brand where like this is our job. This is what we do every day. Maybe a daily show. I don't know. Who knows, right? Stuff like that. Um, maybe get our own space. Like, that's the type of stuff that, like, that's what we're shooting for over at Ran With It. Now, in the meantime, it's getting through SummerSlam weekend and getting through All In because, of course, Ran With It was chosen as one of the six fan podcasts that are a part of All In. So Mm -hmm. that's what's been, like, stressing me for, like, the last few months. Like, I'm looking forward to it. Don't get me wrong. I want it. I want to go there so bad. But, like, I also can't wait to go over (laughs) it. Because, like, that that goes into being a part of a show like that is, like, unreal. Yeah, man, I just I, I couldn't imagine because like I've been living here in Houston for about two years 
And um, I just found out that they do this big uh, like Comic-Con type deal here. It's called Comic Palooza. And okay. um, it's like real big. It's downtown or somewhere on the south side, somewhere in the big metropolitan area. And um, they offer spots for podcasts to come there and podcast during the convention. And, oh, wow. And I was just like, man, that, that can be something I, I can work toward. I mean, when I first got here, you know, I didn't have enough time to sign up for it. I, I applied, but it was too late. And then um, mm-hmm. this year, the next year following, man, it just kind of snuck up on me, man. I was just doing so much shit, working and all kind of stuff. I fucking forgot about it, man. And it just passed me by. And like, um, maybe now. Yeah, those, those type of conventions are so cool. You know, um, I just got my New York Comic Con ticket. So it was my fifth year in a row going. And it, it's it's a different atmosphere. Um, it's sort of like WrestleMania, whereas you're in one place with people who love all the same stuff that you love. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the people who are there for, like, their first time are a little timid. You could definitely point them out. But people who've gone there who are comfortable there, they're very accepting. Um, like, I'm pretty sure they would love your podcast there, and they would be, like, just enjoying the hell out of it, right? I know that even though New York is the second biggest Comic-Con in the United States with San Diego being the number one, yeah. uh, I've, you know, places like Houston, Chicago, stuff like that, your guy's stuff is growing at like a rapid rate. Uh, so like, I'm sure you're, it's probably huge. And it'll probably be a huge deal down by you. Yeah, man. It's just like, I don't know what that would look like, you know? Cause like I tried to envision it in my head because, you know, I sit here every week with a different person and we just talk about, anything and everything and Mm -hmm. for me to go to like a comic book convention or whatever the case may be and to do something live i just don't see how that looks in my head you know i just don't i don't well a lot of these conventions are like there's everything there you know like if um like new york comic-con for example uh you'll look and there'll be like there's anime there's comic books there's superhero stuff there's movie stuff there's art there's uh one year i went and there was like a uh a muscle and fitness thing. Like, why the hell are you here? Like, we're all nerds. Like, none of us are really in shape. But there was a muscle and fitness thing. There was, like, protein and stuff like that. And, like, there's literally everything there. It's, like, really, it's kind of like a convention for all fandom. There's even wrestling stuff there. You know, there's figure stuff, all this stuff. So, like, your show could be great there because you, you talk about everything. So, you can have somebody on and just talk about, like, the type of stuff that they love. Yeah. I dig it. You, you, you're building up my confidence. I, I, I can, I'm I, trying, I can man. I'm it. trying. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's just like I don't know. I'm trying, man. It, it, what I what I find is kind of difficult about being in Houston. It's just like I, I I thought this was very weird. I I looked up Houston podcast. You know, like I got on Twitter. I typed in like maybe some generic ass hashtag. I was like H Town Pods. Uh-huh. Nothing came up. Nothing. So I was like, okay. So I type in. Houston podcast, you know, hashtag that. Nothing came up. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Is it like nobody podcasting in Houston? And then, you know, slowly I start to come across people that, you know, their profile said they're here in Houston. And, you know, I reach out to some of these people and I'm just like, I don't hear from these motherfuckers, man. And I'm just like, well, shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm here. Hey, that's just more opportunity for you, man. You could be the one who puts Houston podcast on the map. I'm trying, man. As a matter of fact, um, it just fell in my lap by hap- happenstance. Um, we all got a group now. It's just like a whole bunch of Texas podcasters. 
and um, we in this little, you know, Twitter fucking group chat and everything, and they talking about bringing a convention this way. In, yeah, there you go. Like, that's awesome. In, uh, I think, August or something. So I'm going to try to jump in with those guys. It's just like, I think it's cool to at least try it or whatever, but I'm more into like meeting other people like me, man. It's just like, I'm here in Houston. I'm representing. It's all over my profiles. I got a motherfucking t-shirt made that said H-Town Podcaster. I'm wearing this bitch all around and like, <laughs> I'm not running into nobody like me. It's just like, how you saying, you know, you go to a wrestling show or you go around somewhere, you see a motherfucker wearing a wrestling shirt, you know that motherfucker right there is a wrestling fan, and you can click with that motherfucker. I'm not seeing... Yeah, it's like going out and seeing a, a Bullet Club shirt, you're like, ha, you're a wrestling fan. Yeah, it's like... I'm... <laughs> I was in Ireland wearing a Young Bucks shirt, and I'm walking down the pier, and I think it was Dublin? No, what was it? It was Galway. I was in Galway, and we're walking down the pier, and uh... Oh, no, it was Bray. It was Bray, Ireland. We're walking down the pier, and I'm walking with a Young Bucks shirt, and this guy's like, yo, Sweet me, bro. And I was like, yeah, bro, even in Ireland. <laughs> and that's fucking amazing, man. It's just like, there's there's nothing like that. And it's just like, it's fucking wrestling and it's everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, dude. Everyone, what I've noticed is even with like my job, everyone's a fan of like everything, right? And it, mm. it's, it's, they're just embarrassed to say what they're a fan of. And, and then they'll pull you aside and be like, like in public, they'll be like, oh, I hate podcasts. And then they'll pull you aside and be like, yeah, like, I, I kind of do my own podcast. Like, I really like your show, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, that's just how it is as, like, a fan nowadays. It's like more people are embarrassed for some reason. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you wear that shirt out. Maybe you go to this convention and you're like, oh, my God, you, like, I see you all the time at the Super Bowl at Walmart. And, like, and you have a podcast? Like, yeah, man, I was embarrassed to tell you. Like, you know, it could be <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> and you know what, though? It's just, like, I work with a lot of people, and... I don't think I've told anyone at work that I fucking do a podcast. And it's just because like I do security and I talk shit mm-hmm. about some of the motherfuckers that I work with. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm listening to it. See, I'm the opposite. I wear Ram with shit there and they're like, What is that? I'm like, It's a podcast. And I wear the my favorite thing to do was like during the winter was to wear like our hoodie, which mm-hmm. has like us as the shield on it, and I'm yeah. like, Yeah, no, it's my podcast. They're like, Stop playing. I'm like, yo, you see this? And they're like, Yeah, and I'm like that's, That's me, <laughs> like animated. They're like, get the fuck out of here. That's crazy. I'm like, I told you, bro, it's my podcast. Like, I'm not joking around. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> um, and, and another thing too is just a lot of people that I work with are like old. I mean, I'm in my th- oh, okay, I'm, okay. A, I'm in my thirties, and a lot of these motherfuckers mm-hmm. is like late forties and fifties and mm-hmm. shit like that. And they're like, yeah. I don't work with a lot of the younger ones that's on the contract. So I'm just like, ah. Oh. And hey, Bobby Lashley just won the three. The triple threat. Oh no! Surprise, surprise! Thank God I'm not watching it. <laughs> Anyone with a spear. Oh God, it's going to be a triple threat match against Lesnar, isn't it? It should be. They're going to have like a no contest, and hey, it doesn't matter though because I'm not going. Yeah. I'll be home with my feet up on the couch, like ah, is that what happened? Oh, that sucks. And then I'll go to sleep. <laughs> okay. All right. If Roman wins. He finally get the damn belt. What's next? Uh, Braun is gonna catch in and become champion. I can I see. think honestly, I think it'll be a short lived title reign for Roman. Yeah, I was just thinking. I mean, we we talking about this now, so all right, here we are. We got Roman Reigns versus uh Bobby Lashley next week. Winner of this match 
goes on to fight Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. I firmly believe that Braun Strowman is not going to be on no coward shit. He going to probably walk down at the beginning of the fucking match and be like, hey, I won't end this motherfucker. And it'll be a triple threat that way. Hey, that should be how it is. That should be how it is. And, you know, Lesnar's going away soon. He has to give that belt up to somebody. And, you know, I understand they want it to be Roman Reigns, which it should have been Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, but they didn't, they didn't go with that. Roman at, in, in India, not India, in, uh, Saudi Arabia, but they didn't go with that. And, you know, now we're in this weird position. It's just like, fuck it. Give it to anybody. I don't even care. Give it to Dolph Ziggler. Like, just get it off Lesnar yeah. and let's move on now. There's too many talented people in the company that are not getting chances to be in the main event because Lesnar is not there. So, I don't care who wins that belt. I don't either, man. And I just had this sinking suspicion. It's just like, you know, I said it'll be a triple threat with uh, Strowman, uh, Brock, and whoever wins or whatever, Roman. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Bro- uh, freaking Strowman is going to have it in the bag. He's going to have Brock down. Roman going to spear freaking Strowman, and it'll be an end that way. Fuck, uh, got no. That's just how it's going to go <laughs> no. down. You you want that crowd to riot in Brooklyn? I do. You want I, there to be? You I want them to burn that building to a ground? I do. Like, I just want it to be over. You know they want the belt on him so goddamn bad they keep fucking dick teasing us and everything. And I just like put the shit on him. Let the world yeah, explode. Rip the band-aid, bro. Let's move on. Yeah, just like give him this, this, give him this belt, give him his title run, and you can see you know how many people despise it. You know you you get your rocks off. And then just move on to the next thing, man. Because <laughs> at this yeah, point now, Roman done fought everybody already. Everybody three times. <laughs> he, he has fought everybody. Like, I get it, dude. Let's let's move on to something else. And I love Roman, and like I want him to be champion, but it's like it should have happened in Mania. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't want him to be champion going into Mania next year. I don't want him to have a big match that has nothing to do with the main event, just on its own, its own separate thing. Um, I don't want him in the main event again. Five manias in a row. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Yo, it's the climate we live in, though. That's how it is. And, you know, it's just the way it is now. But it's not his fault. Like he said in interviews, like we all say, like he he doesn't book the show. He does what they tell him to do. So it's exactly. like if if Vince was like, hey, being a mania event, made event five years in a row, I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude, what's our sign? Like I'm not gonna turn that down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's my fucking boss. I ain't gonna tell him no unless it's something really, really. <laughs> and I'm making millions of dollars, like, and I'm the face of this company. Like, hell yeah, man. Yeah, and I just believe that character just needs to play up on that more. It's like, hey, man, I don't give a fuck. Oh, dude, he should, yeah, he should be like that. Yeah, that's hundred percent. I, I don't give a fuck. I'm just doing my job, baby. You know, you, you ain't what you eat don't make me shit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. Like the Roman that was after Mania that was that just had the mic and was like. Whatever, and dropped the mic and walked out. Like that's the Roman I want. Yeah, my yard. <laughs> exactly, dude. And change his fucking music <laughs> and his fucking outfit. <laughs> God, dude, do something different. Like every time I hear the band, I'm like the shield. I'm like fuck. It's just Roman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be like, right with Ant. What? Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. No, 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 it's not us. Not us. Not us. <laughs> Roman. It's just Roman. <laughs> yeah. But hey, man, I've very thoroughly enjoyed sitting here chatting with you or whatever, but we're going to have to bring it on down to an end, my friend. Oh, it was awesome. It was a great time. Yeah. Hey, tell everybody where they can find you, man. I mean, there's like 30,000 places they can find your ass. So, I mean, go ahead and run them off. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so if you guys want to follow me personally on Twitter, it's at SilliumRWA. If you guys want to follow my shows that I'm a part of, it's at Rant with Ant and at Who Got Next Pod. And then newly, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, it's at FanboyFillium, where I will be doing a weekly five to ten minute show every Sunday, most likely, talking about all things nerd culture. And just, man, I'm all over the place I'm trying to do big things. If you guys are in all in in Chicago, Rant with Ant will be there. And if you guys are a part of SummerSlam weekend, we have two hangouts. We have one on Saturday, which is NXT Saturday, called We Got Next. And it'll be me, Nick, Ant, and we'll be all up in McMahon's bar around the corner from Barclays Center uh, from 12 to Doors. And then on Sunday, SummerSlam weekend, I forgot what we call it because it's all, we're just throwing shit together at this point. Yeah. Um, it's at McMahon's as well. And that one's from two to doors open. So come by, see us. It's a great time. Trust me. You will make friends. I've made friends from these hangouts. And it's a great time. It's something you shouldn't miss. Now, uh, I had a quick question. I mean, while you're bringing up your, the hangouts and everything, I know that um, the new age insiders, they kind of made uh, McMahon's their place to hang out and everything. And I heard a couple of other people uh, bring up that name, too. Do you think, you know, as long as they have like conventions there in the Barclays Center or wrestling events and everything, do you think McMahon's will be a staple within that community? Well, I think that they're just, they're very um, convenient, is right there. Wrestling fit. Yeah, it's right around the corner. And they're very open to wrestling fans coming there, right? I know a lot of establishments, even when WrestleMania was in Orlando, a lot of places were kind of weird about us going in there. But uh, McMahon's is very cool. It's, it's, a, it's a really calm place. It's, it's, it's like a lounge bar type of place. And, like, they they love it. Like, they, they'll laugh, they'll joke, and stuff like that. And it's a big open space. So definitely enough space for people. I know they have, like, an upstairs part that people can go to as well. So it's one of the cooler places that are around Barclay Center. And it's, it's not expensive. It's not like it doesn't beat you over the head with prices. So, like, that's always great. And it has uh, McMahon's on the front. Yeah, it has McMahon's in the name, so it's like, come on, like, can it get any more perfect? <laughs> um, I have one more question. While you're going over your um, your spill and everything, IGTV, what do uh-huh. you think about it? I know you're going to be using it going forth or whatever, but what do you really think about the that avenue of the platform? Uh, I think it's cool. Uh, I think that you know, like, let's be honest, we're on social media all the time. I'm on Instagram a million times a day. Yeah. So, like, if I am I going to open up YouTube? turn the video horizontally and watch a video like that? Or am I just going to watch the IG video like throughout the day? I'll like click a five minute video two, three, four times and like eventually get through the video. Why? And my phone normally I don't have to turn it. I can just watch it as I watch everything else on my phone vertically. So it's like, I think, I think honestly it makes the most sense. And Instagram has kind of like cut out Snapchat, at least for me. Yeah. I don't even use Snapchat anymore. So it's like Snapchat is evolving and getting bigger. Yeah. Uh, I've I've made two videos on IGTV. Uh, one I mm-hmm. actually produced, like I put thought and well, I didn't put like script shit into it. I just you know I had a focus or whatever. You know I set up cameras and lights and shit, a green screen. So that mm-hmm. that video is floating out there, and I used the whole ten minutes. And um, from what I've been seeing of the IGTV is like people don't take advantage of that ten minutes. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like all right. A standard Instagram video is one minute long. Your freaking mm-hmm. um, story video, what I think is what, uh, 30 seconds or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah. So now you got 10 whole minutes, and I've seen countless motherfuckers putting 
one minute and one second videos up there. Uh, two minute <laughs> videos and all kind of shit like that. So I'm just like, yeah, not using it to its full advantage. Yeah, I see motherfuckers put thirty second videos up there. I was like, what's the point of you taking the time to upload it, label it, and put it in there if it's just fucking thirty seconds? Use your story for that yeah, shit. Or use true. your timeline yeah, for that's that shit. Dumb. So, yeah. no, no I, I think it should be very cool. I think that uh, Instagram is kind of like stays in the now, and they kind of push their platform into the future right where other like a platform like snapchat is like stuck in the past already because shit moves so fast now the way technology is i think instagram is is it stays on top of things so it's definitely something that uh i think igtv is something everybody should kind of mess around with because who knows i mean it might be nothing it might be shit and they might get rid of it or it might be you know something like vine where it blows up and like it makes people stars off of it yeah and i really think that 10 minutes is no a good starting window or whatever because like the video I did on there for IGTV it was 10 minutes exactly and that's because and you know I just ran my mouth for like 18 minutes or something like that mm-hmm. then I chopped it down mm-hmm. to 10 minutes you know taking out shit that I really didn't need in there and you know just getting it the way I wanted it or whatever and I, I think that's cool I honestly I've put videos on YouTube and I've put vid- a video on IGTV and I really enjoyed the IGTV process more than I enjoyed the YouTube process. So, I mean, I'm going to try okay. to mess around with it more. I mean, right now, as we, well, not as we speak, but, you know, currently in this time frame of uh, our recording, I'm finishing up my little studio deal joint in the goddamn garage. So I got my electrical okay. outlets. Yeah, I'm nice. trying to put up my walls and shit. And hopefully, you know, I got my own space. I start, you know, cranking out some more videos and everything. Hopefully, right? Like that, man. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, it's definitely something that anybody who creates content right now should kind of kind of mess with. And just kind of keep it in our back pocket, just in case it blows up, and like we can kind of, you know, who knows what to happen off of it. Yeah, but hey, man, loved your insight. Um, awesome to chat with you. And um, as I tell everyone, man, you've been on the guest. Uh, you've, you've been a guest of the show, so the door is open anytime you want to come back for whatever reason, man. Thank you, man. It was it was tons of fun. So happy I did it. All right, man. Appreciate your time, dude. And that was the man, Young Philium Esquire. <laughs> but hey, it was great to hear from the man, um, talk to him a little bit, pick his brain, um, how he came to be one with uh, G-Rod and Ant over there on the rant with Ant and RussellAddict.com and all that other cool shit. And um, I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, this is part one of a three-part series. Um, I don't think we're going to have the um, Fatal 4-Way episode where all four of us get on the mics at the same time, but you'll have um, all three of the hosts from the Rant with Ant podcast. And next week, um, I'll leave it up as a mystery because, I mean, I've already recorded with Ant and um, I'm recording here soon with G-Rod so I'm not going to tell you which one's coming up next so you're just going to have to tune in and see who you get you know Um, very appreciative of those gentlemen for what they do um, podcast wise and beyond man it's just like it's not just a wrestling podcast It's it's like a family and you know just doing podcasting for as long as I've been doing it. it's a little over two years now it's just 
I've come to meet so many cool people from doing this thing. And um, I consider them, you know, friends, you know, or close acquaintances and everything. You know, I ain't trying to damn uh, give them a kidney right off the bat. You know, it's just I, I need a little more time <laughs> for anything like that to happen. But I mean, shit, at least I buy them a beer or whatever beverage they prefer because everybody don't drink alcoholic beverages, you know. So, yeah, man. Um, cool. So get ready. The next two weeks, you're going to be dealing with the rant with Ant takeover. And um, I got more interviews stockpiled somewhere. Um, I got local podcasts, uh, No Redeeming Qualities here in Houston. I recorded with them already. It's just um, I got all these episodes on backlog. You know, I'm just trying to shuffle the order and just so happens that, you know, now we got the Rant with Ant takeover. So that's going to be three weeks of podcasting on the show taken up by that. So, I mean, it'll be like four or five weeks before anything other than the Rant with Ant comes out. So, I do apologize for that, but hey, man, I I still appreciate your time. Um, whoever I've recorded with, who else I've recorded with? Um, no redeeming qualities, and um, Jeff Vita from the Kung Fu uh, Drive-In Podcast. That, that dude is awesome, and um, I got his episode recorded and queued for when this uh rant with that takeover is over, <laughs> takeover over over takeover. So um. I got some audio whip ass coming your way. And um, hopefully, you know, I got some other things lined up. I mean, man, I had Michael Jai White on this show. And, and it was just a couple episodes ago. I was talking about what the fuck would I do if I ever got somebody of that caliber or specifically him on the show? What the fuck would I say? And <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> you know, he was here and I said things and we talked about stuff. And I really appreciated his time, man. It was just like amazing. Uh freaking amazing Whew. can't get no high baby unless you know I don't know I love all my guests they're all amazing and whew, I don't even know what to say <laughs> but hey let's um go ahead and ride out of here on that note Um, hopefully you're listening to this podcast in your earbuds hopefully they're studio earbuds <laughs> Using that promo code 3R show. If you go to studio.com, you get 15% off. And um, hopefully, while you're listening in your studio earbuds or headphones and whatnot, you're enjoying some delicious uh, food with your hooks, rubs, and spices, which you can also go to hooksrubsandspices.etsy.com and get 10% off your order of $6 or more if you use the promo code 3R show. So don't ever forget that. And you heard from Hoppy and his um, project that he's trying to brainstorm and get off the ground and everything. So support Hoppy. You got his uh, Twitter tag, uh, Hoppy Says. And um, if you want to leave a voicemail, I mean, I haven't got any voicemails in a while. I mean, ex- except from Hoppy. But that's the norm. Hoppy's a part of the show. Leave a voicemail at 304-825-5762. There's a 304 Talk Rob. So uh, leave me some voicemails. I look forward to hearing from you and what to not. And you can follow me on Twitter at It's B-Rob. That's I-T-S-B-R-O-B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place you do it. Um, The show has its own Twitter at 3R Show. That's 3R-S-H-O-W. And if you're hip and trendy, you should be also following 
three R show two. That's T O O. You can go to randomrobcast.com, which I am severely in need of updating. And I'm probably going to um, change uh, my hosting site soon. So it'll still be randomrobcast.com, but it's going to get a facelift. I'm looking at um, doing some Squarespace and the show is not sponsored by Squarespace. But if it was, you could use a promo code 3R show. So I'm looking to revamp the website. Hey, if you know anybody that's good at that shit and they'll do it for the low or maybe even free, um, send them my way. You can find me on Twitter. I told you where you could do it. And um, yeah, go to randomrobcast.com. Um, you can support the show in many different ways using Amazon links. You can um, use even the Amazon Prime 30 day free trial. You know, you use that link on my website and I get a kickback for you using that link and trying a 30 day free trial. Um, I got merchandise. Um, you can buy some shirts. I'm looking um, to commission some people. If you know somebody that's good with the digital arts and whatnot, send them my way as well. Um, I'm trying to give me some new T-shirts done. Um, you can um, buy items on my Amazon wish list to donate to the show. Um, I got some equipment on there I'm trying to get. And then also you can become a patron. The list has grown. You can become a patron just like Brandon McIntyre, Glenn Abbott, King Ajar, Bob Hines, and <laughs> Robert Cook. Bam, baby. It's growing. We got more things on the horizon for the Random Rob. Ah, I can't even talk. I'm so excited. Got more things on the horizon for the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. And I hope you would join. Join us on this journey. But with this being said, you know, those five people that I just mentioned off, you know, they support monetarily. And, you know, I appreciate you for buying merchandise or even using my Amazon links. But it's not about the money. The most important thing that you could do for this show or any other podcast that you listen to. Hear me out. The most important thing that you could do for the show, and it's completely free, is like, subscribe, share, retweet, leave a review. Five stars, preferably, are the highest uh, ranking that you can do on whatever site that you write your review on. And um, if it's anything less than five stars, one star, two star, three star, whatever the case may be, leave some constructive criticism. Leave some feedback. Let me know what I'm doing wrong. Let me know what I'm doing right. Come on, man. It's, it's a group effort. This show is mine in the instance that I upload it, edit it, and put it out and pay the hosting fees. But this is your show. I do this for you. So give to me to give to you. Give me that feedback. And um, we can make this a better place for you and for me. Woo. All right. I'm done with the shit. Um, check out randomrobcast.com. Like I said, check out old episodes. Check out the Michael J. White episode. And I'll see you next time.